Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Well, gosh, welcome everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Today we're going to continue on our journey of this book by Marilyn Mills, One World, One Heart. And I think I mentioned last week that she she kind of alternates chapters between this idea of of our light that we bring to the world, our divine purpose, our our sense of why we're here on the planet. She alternates that truly with our purpose in life, perhaps more than any other, is to love and be loved. And so today we're going to focus on that idea of love and uh, in particular self-love. You know, it's been said that sometimes we are our own worst enemies, that we criticize ourselves more than anyone else would ever dream of, and that sometimes we can even set ourselves up for failure through our own thoughts and, and through our own words. And I do want to focus in today on the power of the words that we use and the thoughts that we have. And, and of course, I I did manage to find probably a fairly stinky joke to go along with this. So a middle-aged man asks his middle-aged wife what she'd like to do for her birthday. I'd like to hang out with kids. I really miss their energy, she replied. I think I know what you mean, he said. I'll plan a surprise. Well, on the morning of her birthday, they got up bright and early and went to a local theme park. What a day! The place was packed with kids of all ages. They rode on the rides and spent time playing bumper cars. Later, they went roller skating. It was family day at Oaks Park. For lunch, they stopped at a Chuck E. Cheese, and the fellow talked her into pizza and playing the bouncy ballroom with all the little ones. What an adventure! Well, when they got home, she kicked off her shoes and fell on the couch. He leaned over her and whispered, Well, dear, what was it like being with all the kids? She smiled and said, I meant our kids. And so, of course, words do matter. There's a big difference in how our our mind interprets the words around us, the words that we choose. It's the source of so much stress and strife in relationships when we perhaps don't fully explain what we're intending or, uh, or the words that we use are ambiguous. And, and I think there's perhaps nothing worse than when we use words against ourselves. Have you ever really stopped to think about what the voices in your head are saying? Now, I I don't think I'm schizophrenic in saying that there often is a little bit of a commentary going on in my own head, and I bet that's true for you. When we make decisions, when we take a course of action, when we make plans, isn't there that little bit of commentary going on, you know? This didn't work out so well the last time you tried this. Or, gosh, whenever you talk to your mom on the phone, it seems like it just opens up old wounds. Or or the voice that says, oh, you better not do that. That's too risky. I know that's what you want to do. But do you think you can handle the failure? 
These are the kind of voices that are not uncommon for most people to have, especially in times of trouble, in times of strife, when we have to make a decision that feels like a weighty one or, or, or something comes up that seems out of the ordinary or where, where we or loved ones are at risk. Often those, those voices escalate in negativity, making whatever's happening seem completely out of proportion, right? It suddenly seems like we're on the, the stage of some grand opera where, where life and death might happen based on a child's grades or or someone cutting us off on the freeway, right? It's our mind that's doing that. And it's the choice of words and thoughts that we have that so often play into our life's experience. Well, of course, I I don't want to just present the downside of this. There's a big upside, and that is that we do have a lot of power over our thinking. We consciously can choose to edit the thoughts that we have if, of course, we're aware of them. And so I do want to point out a couple little uh, techniques that you might use in your own life. If you're not sure the extent to which maybe you're the cause of some of your problems, we probably don't need to look much further than the words that we use and the thoughts we're having. So one little trick you can do for those of you who have uh, smart watches or smart phones, simply set yourself a timer once an hour, just have a little vibrate go on or, or, or have a little time go on and ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? What, what's going on in my head or what's going on out of my mouth if you happen to be speaking in that moment right now? And is it positive? Are you loving yourself in that moment or are you more likely putting yourself down in that moment? And so once you've collected, uh, you know, 18 or so throughout the day, little snippets of what's going on in your brain, begin then, do a little analyzing of this. Is it more apt to be positive? Is it more apt to be negative? Are you more apt to be congratulating yourself on a job well done? Or are you more likely to be saying, oh, you nitwit, right? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So that's one technique. And in fact, you might even want to set it to a a shorter time frame. Because I think we can get quite a bit of information, even in a day or two of our lives, if we slice it up so that we get a fair example of what's going on in your mind. The other technique that you might try, it requires a a little bit more forethought. You kind of have to be a little bit more all in on this one, but that is simply to notice what your mind does when you come up against a stressor. So, so let me explain the stressor, although, although I'm guessing that you know what a lot of them are. So, so when you come across perhaps a person that is abrasive to you, when you come across a situation that goes kind of south or haywire, or when something happens that really surprises you and in a negative way when when you're faced with one of those uh, so-called stressor moments where does your mind go so you are going to have to put in a little bit of your own interrupt system here in your brain because you got to notice when that stressor pops up Uh, but i mention the idea of a stressor because often when we are stressed there is that moment of awareness of oh i do not like what's going on right now And so when you have that, I do not like what's going on right now feeling, notice where your mind is going. And if it goes 
primarily to a place of either blame or victimhood, then I think you've got the evidence that your self-talk is not what it could be. So, so key in on those two ideas, either blame, right? Something untoward has happened. Before I do anything else, I'm going to make sure I'm not to blame for this, right? It's the, the outward finger going out. It's her fault. It's the situation's fault. It's his fault. And it might, you might even say, too, it's my fault because I'm so stupid. That might be part of the, the negative self-talk. And then the other piece of it that is so very common, we put ourselves in the role of the victim. If only this hadn't have happened to me. So you might be asking, well, well okay, Larry, I, I get it, and, and I'll do that. And, but why are these significant? Well, the reason that they're significant is because you are saying you have no control over your life. And when you say that you have no control over your life, either, either, you know, the fates brought this mess to me or, or he did or she did or my own inadequacies, you're saying that you're not in charge of your own life. You're, you're putting the blame for everything that's negative outwardly. And the trouble with that is you're saying you have no power. And that's a real key towards bringing about our dreams, towards living on the good side. We need to be able to feel in charge, at least of our own thinking, so that our positive thoughts, our positive beliefs, our positive words can have fruition out in the world. You know, Jesus, the master teacher, one of the scriptural references, of course, is that it is done unto us as we believe. And if we believe that the world is a cruel place, if we believe that we're a victim, if we believe that we're powerless, unfortunately, that will tend to enhance those kind of outcomes. And so by interrupting our thoughts, by, by bringing about a different way of thinking, of course, we can begin correcting that. When we begin praising ourselves rather than diminishing ourselves, when we begin claiming our power instead of saying we're a victim, when we begin harnessing the true positive thoughts that are possible, oh my goodness, the world can change in a powerful way. All right, more talking about action-oriented stuff. So, so first of all, what can I do here? You know, I looked up uh, the Mayo Clinic had uh, some information on how we can interrupt and deal with negative self-talk. And I thought it was really interesting. You know, one of the well-respected medical communities felt it important enough that what's going on in our head should be addressed as though it were a medical condition, right? They really equated negative self-talk and negativism specifically with poor health outcomes. And so they had a a three-step piece that fits so perfectly into my talk today that I wanted to share it with you. First of all, they said, when you have those kinds of negative thoughts, when you get to that stressor moment and you're likely to be having negative thoughts about yourself, about the world, about your spouse, or so on, they said, take a break and write it down. 
Now you might say, what, why would I write it down? Well, well, first of course, you're interrupting it, right? You're going to go get a pencil and some paper. Or you're going to get your smartphone out or something. You, you've already interrupted it. That's a good thing. But they said the act of writing down your negative thoughts brings it into your awareness. Is that really what I want to think? Is that really what I want to believe? Is that the, the vibe that I want to put out? And that's the second part of it. They said, ask yourself, is this something that you would say to someone that you love? Is this negative thought or this negative belief, is that something that you would say to someone that you loved? Or are you treating your own self like trash? Are you actually trashing your own ability to be loved, to be positive, to see your life and yourselves in a positive way? Is that something that you would say to a child? Is that something that you would say to someone you loved? Would you blame them? Would you shame them? Would you tell them such negativity? Probably not. And then the third piece of it that we're going to spend uh, some more time on today is that we stop and reformulate the thought. We take it from an unconscious negative pronouncement or thought into something that can be positive. And here I want to, to fall back for a moment uh, something that's scripturally based, I know this is something that I have read before, but I think it's particularly accurate and useful here. And this comes from uh, this book of John, The Word Became Flesh. And it's one of the, the origin stories of how the world was created, according to John. John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was with God in the beginning, and through it all things were made. Without it nothing was made. In it was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so what is this thing called the Word? that was with God from the beginning and was the creative force by which the heavens and the earth were created. It is that power of our intentional thought, our, our word made manifest, our ability to consciously choose our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our deeds towards a positive outcome. You know, you can also think of it as a, as a pronouncement, something that simply rings true, rings powerfully, and is positive in your life. And, uh, and I like to say it, it's one of those things where you say it though it's true, even when it isn't quite true yet. One of those things where we get to play a little bit of a game with ourselves and it's not fibbing so much as it's stating the truth of how we choose to live our lives. I am a powerful public speaker. I am a wonderful and loving parent. 
right? Now, there may be times when that isn't true. Uh, do you know what I mean? There, there may be, especially when we're learning something new, when we're out of our comfort zone, when we are in one of those, uh, those anxiety-prone moments where we're not quite sure what to say or quite sure what to do. Nonetheless, if we can stand firm in how we would like to view ourselves, with positivity and claim our power. That is the word that created literally the heavens and the earth. And it is your word, your conscious pronouncement of how you would like yourself to be and how you would like the world to be that will have a creative force in your own experience of the world. And so when that negative moment comes up, Let's say you're embarking upon that phone call to the relative that almost always goes south, that almost always ends up in bringing up negative things in the past, where before that, that moment of anxiety would be like, oh gosh, I don't want to make this phone call. She always dot, 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 dot. Instead, right, we, we do that little bit of a stop technique you know, do I really want to be saying that? Do I really want to claim that every conversation with my sister or my aunt is going to be negative? No, I'm going to choose something differently. And instead, we use the power of the word to say what we would like to have happen. And we might claim for ourselves something like, I am a powerful and clear communicator. My thoughts and words are based in love, and what I know about love is that it can disperse anything unlike itself. Anything unlike love will not be present on this call today. Do you see the difference in that? And can you even feel a bit of the power of stating your truth? Now, now is that going to be true? Well, I don't know. But I do know that going into something like that with that attitude and that pronouncement, you're much more apt to have it go the way you would like to have it go. If only because you're coming from the right place. You're entering into it with love with clarity, with purpose. And I believe that is indeed how God acts through us and on behalf of love, of life, of health. Uh, you know, we may wonder the how. How is it that miracles happen? I can't answer that question. But I do know that miracles happen when we expect them to happen, when it's in our heart for them to happen when we are 100% behind them happening and knowing that they are for us, that we use this law of attraction through our words, through our thoughts, through our actions to create a world that works for everyone. And so some more how-to here. So we put in that idea of a little bit of filter when we come up to a moment of anxiety, when we come up to a stressor, initially we're going to take a moment, if you can, actually write down what it is you were thinking, write down, it's a great interrupter. I know my mom would have said, count to 10, Larry, before you say anything. That's another great technique, right? Something that will interrupt and cause you to reflect about what you are about to say or what you're thinking. 
then ask yourself, is that something that I really want to be thinking? Is that something that I would say to like a child or someone that I loved? Is my pronouncement fair? Is it loving? And then, and then we take on the task of using our word in an affirmative and positive way to state instead what we would like to have happen. Now, it may be that it's convenient to actually deliver that word verbally, right? But what I know is the word, that pronouncement, can just be in your head and it's just as effective. So you don't have to pr make your pronouncements on the phone call with your auntie, right? If, if that doesn't seem appropriate. It can simply be in your own mind. I am a powerful communicator. I am love itself. I know that I'm clear and loving in all of my communications. That can just even be running like a mantra in your own mind. So the book we're using this month, One World and One Heart, the idea of a mantra or some kind of a, an affirmation going through our mind is one of her key tools, and I certainly endorse that especially if we're going into something that we may know may bring up anxiety or, or an occasion where you might feel yourself triggered into some kind of negativity. Just launch yourself into that with an affirmation, with a positive mantra. Use the power of your own thoughts for good rather than just allowing your mind to run wild. All right, well, let me summarize today about what we've talked about. First of all, just to, to catch you up from last week, we're here on the planet to express our unique gifts and to love and be loved. That's the premise of the book we're using. And today we've talked about that idea of love, that it starts with us and can be altered by how we think and talk about ourselves. Words reflect our beliefs, and our beliefs are what change and alter our experience of the world. So if we have negative talk, if we're full of complaints, when we talk down to ourselves and about our lives being tough, the law of attraction will tend to bring to us those very negative experiences. We learned a couple of ways to monitor our self-talk through setting a timer or noticing what's going on in our head in times of stress. And we've learned to write it down, ask if we would say it to someone we love, and then we're going to engage that true power of the word, that, that same powerful pronouncement with which God created the heavens and the earth. So, I'm going to end today with a quote from the book, of course, and a prayer. In order to stop negative self-talk, we must first become aware of it. Start noticing what you say to yourself when something goes wrong or in moments of stress. If you are criticizing, berating, or complaining, you are actually making the situation worse. Instead, stop and think of another way to look at the situation. When I'm stuck in traffic because I left work 20 minutes late, Instead of seeing myself as the victim, I will tell myself, I guess I'm meant to slow down and see more of the world. I'll start to notice the landscape, the neighborhood, or a person walking down the street. When your mind starts to go down the rabbit hole of negative thinking, 
you must stop it in its tracks and supplant it with something else, something positive. You must interrupt the pattern of negative thinking. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence. There is one life. There is one connection both to God and to humanity. And I know this this power, this connection, this unity is spirit itself, present in every person, every place, everything and every situation. There is only this God, this life. I am blessed to be part of it as we all are, filled with those connections and that unity, available to us all of the qualities of God, a life filled with love, of joy, of peace, of dominion, of abundance. Truly, a wonderful life if we choose to accept it, if we choose to pattern our minds after it, if we choose to use our words carefully. And so for today, I know that we each become a little more aware of the the thoughts and the words, the ideas and the pictures running around in our heads, uh, especially in times of stress or trouble. I know that awareness is there for us, that ability to tune in to what we're thinking and, and to make changes to it. We take dominion over those thoughts and ideas and we choose our words with love and with care. And for this, I give great thanks. I give thanks for the the power of our thinking. I give thanks for the law of attraction that acts upon it. I give thanks for this grand life. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Now is our time of conscious giving, and I I invite you, if you like, to log on to your uh, portable devices and and, and set up perhaps a pattern of donations at cslportland.org slash donate. We've been chugging along just fine during the pandemic through your gifts and your ties. It means the world to me that you're, you're willing to go out of the way. You know, normally we would pass the basket on Sunday and, and the basket is now international, right? So I thank you so much for your online gifts. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.